It's a good number. Yeah, it's even, symmetrical. So today we are going to talk about our art. Art. Art as medicine. Art as medicine, yeah. What have you got to say about it, Dee? Too much, but I won't. Just stop me if All I keep right. going on. Am I allowed to have say anything? Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, just, just say shut up. You've done all the research though. I I have done a life of research on my own personal. Exactly, but I haven't done all the research. I just have been feeling it for a while, really for a good while. Go on, give it to me. Um, So, (laughs) I think actually that's what art is. I think it's medicine. So do I. Um, And that we've always been doing it. Yeah. Back to the cave paintings. um, And and the drum, the banging on a drum. Yeah, of course. Singing. Stamping on the clay. Yes. Stick on the clay stick on the clay and charcoal drawings cave paintings all this kind of thing shaking Um, your head shaking your head and then shamanic stuff as well is like art i think shamans are like artists in a way you know because there's a lot of performance involved and a lot of so what is art we go back to that question is it expression or is it questioning social values what is it i don't know because there's that whole there's that book like is it art you know all right i don't know that one like and also the lines between craft and art yeah why is something lesser if it's craft and why is it elevated if it's art and why is you know the kind of the pinnacle of art you know oil paintings hung in galleries yeah which aren't necessarily questioning our social values no no so but the thing about art as medicine so that we don't go too far off the point before we even get started is um I actually think that's what its function is. I think it's part of our our very essence as human beings that we make art to heal ourselves mm-hmm. and to express ourselves, obviously, to enjoy ourselves. And it's all completely connected to our brain chemistry and our physiology because it makes us feel good. We release dopamine and endorphins when we do these things, when mm-hmm. either actively or passively, which is why we engage so much, I think in the arts you know Mm. I think for me it's like a cleaning out of the filter system in my brain so I have this natural everyday subconscious filter system Mm. I experience everything I do and live and see and hear like the filter in your hoover exactly yes exactly like it's it's like a hoover bag and it's like art is like cleaning out the hoover bag his brain is a hoover bag (laughs) and deciding what to keep Mm. or what to splat on you know Mm. oh that piece of dust is actually rather attractive i'll glue that onto my wall so how do you how do you use art then to clean out your filter bag um it just happens sorry my next painting is going to be you with your brain as a filter bag as a hoover bag beautiful um can i be naked Naked. because that's what art you know is yeah um i would uh I generally do it through music. Mm. That's my main my main way of doing it, mm. and it's a filter of the world. Uh, and then sometimes I, you and me go out and we have go out on the the all nighters, and we have mad chats. <laughs> yeah. And then I decide, or you know, this is one of the ways it might happen. I oh yeah, that's a that's something I really want to talk about. So I will mm. filter my experiences of that into a song mm-hmm. or 
But do you consciously do that, or does it sometimes? Yeah. yeah, both, both. Um, and I think it's that more scary. and more I consciously do it. Okay, is that a, is that a skill? Do you think that you've developed? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And a discipline, probably. It's a discipline and it's a skill. It's it's something that you need to work at. Um, I used to be a lot more laissez-faire mm-hmm. about allowing allowing anything to come through and go no it's valid because it came okay. through whereas now I'm like well I've already said that before okay. I, I don't want to say it again right. uh, I want to say something new so mm-hmm. trying to find new things to say or experiencing mm-hmm. every aspect of life mm-hmm. you can I can um, is important and that flow state I think that's part of the medicine like you know for using medicine in a very broad way I think when you get into that you get into that definitely I think as yeah. you get into it when I see you performing but um, yeah I think we all have that capacity, you know, mm. whether it's whether we're watching something and we d- didn't realize that time passed or we're engaged in something creative, you know. Yeah. How so something creative. What's the difference between something creative and art? That's the question for me as well as regards yeah. art as medicine, because I don't necessarily think art is medicine. I think creativity is medicine. Yeah. Because uh, have you ever seen that film, Gomuakwa para chocolate, like water for chocolate? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, for yeah. me, that's the a similar cooking, thing. Like, yeah. It's a cooking and it's it's, it's a cutting. creative. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not necessarily art. Yeah. It's it's expression. Yeah. Filtering of emotion. Mm-hmm. Filtering of subdued emotion. Yeah. Putting it into something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we both are artists. Yeah. And like I think there is a, like because of what we're talking. I suppose I very specifically, <coughs> like you were saying there, consciously, I do manage to get into that flow state most of the time when I'm doing anything, even if it's just coloring pencil or something. But um actually using art as a facility to heal yourself yeah i find very interesting and i think we we do do that intuitively but you can actually actively do it too which is what i'm interested in so how do you actively do it well when i was sick this year i was quite sick um on and off all year and uh excuse the berlin uh, sirens somebody's healing themselves through the hospital (laughs) medicine and they obviously didn't do enough for it yeah no maybe they had an accident but our accident's subconscious oh sorry for the rant go on that's okay do more art that's what we should do now um, but there is actually people who are in medical institutions using art like there's for example artists in residence in the Mayo Clinic in the States where they have specific artists that go in and sing to people or do art draw paint they dance. do that in Ireland too I have yeah. a friend who does that in Ireland yeah. in old folks homes yeah amazing yeah. and it's like there's been huge amounts of research gone into it where and obviously you don't even need to do the research to know that people are going Respond. to feel good if somebody yeah. is singing yeah. to them, you know? Well you see it um, at a concert, you know, when I do a concert, I have people sobbing, yeah. like crying and coming up and hugging and go, Thank you afterwards yeah. and you know this some magic has happened yeah. there. Something yeah. has been released. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you but you how do you how do you actively practice it? That's what so, I'm interested well, in. What I've realised when I uh, came to Berlin, all my grief tied up with leaving Ireland and then just my own like personal history and my ancestry and I started looking into all of that stuff and um, just feeling the pain of all that exile, I realised that what I was doing through my drawing was trying to heal that. I didn't know it at the time, mm-hmm. but looking back now I can look at work and go, oh my god, that's exactly what I was trying to do and I just knew that when I was doing it, it felt good. Yeah. Even though a lot of the work was really dark. So this year when I was sick, I actively engaged in, because I got really down about it and I was like, there was one point where I really reached a really low point where I was, would have described it as probably my first experience of depression. Yeah. Oh, really? Your in first? In my life, wow. yeah. Yeah, because I don't, I, like, I, I think depression is something that is, my understanding is that it's something prolonged. 
I would go in and out of like moods maybe in two or three days, but this was going on for a couple of months actually. Yeah. I realised that's what was going on. And I remember one day literally like pulling myself out of bed and going, okay, I'm going to draw what I want. I want the outcome of this illness to be. And I sat down and I did that and it lifted. What did you draw? Um, It was really right, like the opposite of everything. Like, cause I'm engaged in drawing women's pain a lot of the time, yeah. so it's a lot. It's dark, it's blood, it's their pain, it's their story. It's, you know, related to abuse and really shadowy kind of work. Yeah. Very empowering. Yeah. But this one was like, just pure light, you know, it was like. I've never seen that painting. Ovaries bursting with honey and, wow. um, f- uh, what do you call those birds? Hummingbirds and like really bright yellow, no darkness. Wow. Um, yeah, I'll, sh- I'll show it to you. And um, it was very different to anything that I'd done before. And I had to push myself out of my comfort zone to do it mm. because I just. So it was a conscious decision. Yeah, I engaged much easier with the shadow. Um, yeah, it was a conscious decision. We had a conversation about that about six months ago. Remember when I was getting you a train? You need to stop <laughs> stop painting dark stuff, D. Maybe yeah. it's related, you know? Well, because, are we allowed to talk about that? What yeah. happened to you? Yeah, yeah, so, so say what happened to you and then let's describe your paintings okay. because I think it's relevant. Yeah, totally. I have no problem. So I have endometriosis. And endometriosis. Endometriosis. What, yeah. Which is? Which is basically, it's kind of like... Uh, the lining of your womb being in the wrong place. Right. And it can cause excessive bleeding and pain and all this. Right. Stuff. I've had it since I was, I don't know, since I was a teenager. On right. And off, I've right. been battling with it. And this year I'd had a number of operations that weren't successful. Mm. So I was looking down the the tunnel of possibly having a hysterectomy in my mid 40s and I was like dead. So there were months you know, of bleeding. Months non-stop. of bleeding. Yeah, basically, yeah. And at the same time as these months of bleeding and preceding these months of yeah. bleeding, you created eight massive paintings of women with blood everywhere. Yeah. Before yeah. you started this bleeding process. Yeah, basically, yeah. All For your paintings, years, there, was, there was blood everywhere. Yeah, it was mostly about... And yeah. I remember it just striking a also light bulb. the altars. The altars are very bloody. Exactly. And the title of my exhibition was Bloody Milk River. <laughs> bloody Milk River, exactly. So there's... I remember it just you telling me, yeah, I just like about your paintings yeah. and you were just talking about non-stop bleeding. I was like, maybe you need to stop painting blood. <laughs> no, yeah, you did say that and you weren't the only person and I got really defensive inside because yeah. I was like, you're denying my process. Yeah. And this is, you know, and I have to talk about women's pain and I'm not the only one. And I'm Which not I agree, I agree with. But it was really interesting because I actually, that was when a switch came in my in my mind, you know? And I really started to connect with as well, like uh, just art being a facility to help you to heal, drawing what you want, drawing the outcome, you know. Um, so I drew like... You so know, is this like art as a manifestation process? Yeah, I think it can be. I think though that there is room. What I wouldn't like though is that, you know, that we go down the road of you can only think positive. Yeah, exactly. You to, exactly. You know, law of attraction and so on. Dangerous. We have to. We can't. We have to integrate our shadow. But also, we can't stay there for too long. You know, like just different mm. landscapes, mm. isn't there, in our mm. creativity? So you encourage me to do that absolutely, and my brother Sean, mm. because I feel like you are both light workers. You know, mm. I don't want to sound woohoo. But if you it, listen to a lot of my music, it's I dark. Know. It's not. Yeah, light. it's contrasty, yeah. and your lyrics are as well. But I see you in that way. I see you right. as gathering a lot of light. And also because your your music is so full of light. And there are darker tones as well, but it's not like death metal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like my art sometimes is like, it's very obviously 
shadow work. Yes, it is. And but there's layers of hope in there. Yeah. So it's almost like sure. we're opposite of each other. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Your yeah. your sound and your and how you play is so like I cry frequently at your gigs and I'm constantly like oh my god the build up and the mm. release mm. and then if you if you put that with the lyrics I think that's exactly right because we should be kind of integrating our shadows mm. you know you know what's become really important for me in the last uh, few years you know maybe three years or so um, and I used to have this in between the songs mm. but now I'm actively writing funny songs <laughs> humor so people are cracking up laughing yeah. at my gigs kind of like I'm a comedian yeah. during half the set yeah. or some of the set yeah. and that's really important yeah. I think that's a huge part of it and I'm finding there's more connection with people when mm-hmm. when we're when all laughing laugh. together yeah. as well as crying together well, you know, some of the best stand-up comics as well can they go on that fine line between like absolutely laughing hysterically and then crying let's talk about yeah. growler because when I saw growler uh, perform. I've seen Growler develop over the last year. Yeah. And when I saw Growler perform uh, a week ago, we did a gig on mm-hmm. Women's International Day. Yeah. International Women's yeah. Day. And uh, that really struck me that mm-hmm. you were like a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. but you were also like this weird channeler of pain. Mm-hmm. So there was the the dark light thing was mm-hmm. really prevalent. It was it was yeah. like pumping out of you. Yeah. So I, I want you pumping to talk out a about pumping out a growler. Yeah. So is growler not you? It feels like she's becoming less me actually the more I perform her like um, and definitely that gig I didn't know what I was going to say a lot of, at the beginning you know a lot I had a kind of loose structure but as it went didn't on, you have a speech she had a prompter with the has, notes yeah, so didn't you have it written no, out? I did but not the, but the beginning part is 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 um, mostly improv. So oh, I wow. have guides of things that I want to say, but then it's improvisation. Right, so paragraphs and you're improvising yeah. around paragraphs. Yeah, basically. Right. And so, um, and I was really worried because, you know, Mary Kelly, who's a professional actress, she had coached me um, for, before my last gig in Ireland for the Tune Babies um, exhibition. And she had said to me, just so that you know, and like, I'm not an actor, just so that you know, the improv is like the hardest thing for an actor to do. And I was so glad she said that to me because I realised that I was thinking that that was the easiest part. Right. And then so I had to really go into the improv thing. I, so then I was rehearsing every day and different stuff was coming out. But as I was, because Greller is really the improv part because then she channels other women and that's different. That's more scripted. But the more and more I got into it, the more Greller was coming out in, mm. in the improv, you know. And she's really funny. But she's also really... Um, hard in she's a way, very harsh because you know? she tells yeah. the truth yeah you know um and i think that that comedy thing that you're talking about and like you're you you were on before me last week and i was down in the basement on my own <laughs> in my giant oh by the way we have to tell people what greller is describe yeah greller. uh you describe greller so she's a i'm five foot three so she's a five foot three vulva she's 78 she's from james and she's Street. got many flaps she's loads of folds yeah because she's really old um, she's the flaps of her ancestors um, and she was made by the genius Ava Garland who's a, an artist who basically makes stuff out of rubbish who she also made all our masks for Craw, for Craw all yeah. the bird masks yeah. <laughs> and the we work together on Driftwood Man but that's another story so she's yeah she's this amazing artist who just she's constantly finding just bits of rubbish also Growler how Growler is constructed like my head harness is a bra oh that's <laughs> right two she uses bras a lot that's so my so the, the clitoral hood or the, the clitoral chin is like a 32 double A cup <sighs> and then the other t- so yeah I mean it's, it's the, the levels that went into Growler are incredible you know 
but that's what Greller looks like. So she's very, uh, she's also very, um, what's the word, confronting, mm. isn't she? Because mm. it's like you can't avoid her. Yeah, she's, so she's massive. Yeah. Um, and she's wine coloured and yeah, pink. Yeah, she looks like a gash. She looks like a, she's, yeah. she's kind of like a wound. She looks yeah. like a wound, you know? So there's all it's very that. profound. Totally. <laughs> it's ridiculous, yeah. you know? Um, but, yeah, where were we going with the message? Um, we were talking about... Uh, Growler incorporating the light and the dark and the humour and the humour and oh yeah so I was standing in the basement and I could hear and it was really it's a really kind of a dingy basement you know like most basements in Berlin and I was standing there worried that I might see a mouse or something in my costume in my bare feet oh. and I know and you were performing and all I could hear was people laughing and I was going that's amazing actually this this is a new thing I think that you're doing and also that I'm doing at the same time. But I also think it's kind of in the zeitgeist because I feel like humour is no longer being downplayed to this, like, um, we can't take that seriously. Yeah. I think humanity, uh, like in the... I see this more and more in the entertainment industry, actually, that it's not it's not kitsch or, um, what's the word, not to be taken seriously anymore. Mm. Humour actually is really, really profound. I'm, and important. And important. I think when you can get people to laugh like that, the you boundaries flip it in a second. Yeah. The barriers go down. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like all of a sudden they're crying. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and that's always our aim, isn't it? To make people cry. <laughs> I sound like Greller now. <laughs> yeah, you do. <coughs> Excuse me. With my chest. But there is that thing, like people's boundaries are down when they're when they're laughing. Mm. So, um art is medicine, yeah. And I think that we are only we're coming back around to understanding that that's what it can be. Mm. Because I think we've always done it as humans. Like, like I said, whether it's in the form of shamanic practice, which we is a worldwide thing, you know, mm. um, or whether it's actually people when they're feeling like artists, there's always this idea of the tortured artist and you see them painting their mm. rage into a painting or their emotions or whatever. And the same with music. But I think we're, because we're so um, wordy these days and because we're so front-brained, we need the science to back it up. And that's happening. Mm. You know, there's research huge amounts of research going into this like in the Mayo Clinic and um, I've just been watching TEDx videos uh, about work that people are doing and the profound kind of changes for people with Parkinson's and stuff like that that it's kind of actually it's having a better effect than than traditional medication in some cases mm. for people to dance every day wow so people are learning like the tango and side dancing and yeah because their movement is yeah it, it's the soul, I guess we well, don't the, really the know the flow how this of the works, body, you know? right? Yeah. Uh, clicking into yeah. allowing your body to lead you. Yeah. And to heal you. You can yeah. the facility to heal yourself. Yeah. You know? The other thing that I find interesting as well is cultures that haven't lost that connection between I hate calling the craft because I really feel like craft is like a is a lesser word mm. than art. Mm. And I personally feel like it is art what they're doing. Mm. Like the um Bichole Indians from uh from Mexico that we have a connection with they are constantly beading they are constantly making you know they're sitting around having a cup of tea and they're making mm. everybody in the whole community mm. kids grandparents well when I grew up uh, all the women and you know when the kids would go to bed mm. would start knitting or crocheting yeah so we've lost that in a way it's still yeah. there in you know in hip societies yeah. there are knitting groups in cafes and stuff but yeah. it's it's not in the mainstream yeah and they haven't lost that no those and tribes was, yeah they haven't and it's a real facility i think to get into that flow state yeah and um i don't know if we talked about this before but uh there's a, a group um in sarajevo of of women 
uh, after the Bosnian war and the rape camps and stuff like that like it's really really dark stuff I won't get into it now but there was a doctor who had been in one of the camps for three months and she organised after after the war had finished and so on for a therapy she basically just got these women's circles together and instead of talking or looking at each other in the eye because it was too painful they couldn't do I that I read about this yeah she um, they started uh, knitting and sewing yeah and once they get into that action that repetitive kind of like flow state then the story started to pour out you know Sorry. and they were able to basically have group therapy sessions for yeah. each other yeah no I didn't read about it you're doing an exhibition there aren't you and you told in me about Sarajevo. it in Sarajevo yeah, yeah possibly going to Sarajevo yeah. so healing yeah. yeah so healing that yeah and I do think it's a particularly feminine thing as well that women have always sewn or knitted or you know and sat in circles we, we seem to be able to facilitate that much easier for ourselves mm. than men. it's easier for us it's, it's programmed I think it's programming yeah. I don't yeah. think it's necessarily nature no possibly not I don't know but I just know that we do it more yeah you know? yeah protection in numbers mm. yeah yeah and also just that kind of holding space it's a very simple thing and the idea of this thread you know this thread that connects us all as women as well the red thread the because mm. we all bleed you know mm. we're all but, but let's go back to creativity to um and how we can access that part of us I know that for artists like mm. It's, it's very easy to access that, to go into that subconscious flow mm. and, and create from there and express something that's been bubbling in us that we didn't even know sometimes. Like sometimes I haven't a clue what my songs are about mm. until five months later. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, okay. They're, they kind of predict, they often predict, or okay. sometimes they're the past, sometimes the present. Yeah. Um, and when people say things like channel, I often think it's, a, it's just, we're all the same really. And it's, the way our subconscious filters things and yeah. then it's like dreams as well do mm. that and then just expressing expressing that out somehow within our language that we know or uh is it like um i often imagine it's like a blanket that's above us and that you just kind of can tap into it or yeah that's nice it's always there the blanket kind of scares me it's like it's it? gonna smother me if it falls down or okay well let's say something else that like little bubbles that are up in the air and you can just yeah pop them yeah and they're always there or there's like a there's like a crisscross network of threads and we've got a crochet needle yeah. with our instrument whether it's a paintbrush or a yeah. guitar or whatever and the crochet needle just goes up and touches a thread and pulls it down yeah and then exactly. starts leaving it but I do think that I think it's source it's whatever it's the subconscious it's the collective unconscious the collective unconscious yeah. I love that yeah Jung talked about that a lot and I think that um, that that's, that's actually what it is I think it's like that's what that's what we're all trying we're trying to get into that state you know mm. and we're so distracted these days it's very very technology not just technology I just think the way that we're living and, and you know I often think about our systems as well that they're just basically set up to manage behaviour they're not ma they're not set up to encourage real learning or uh, mm. care mm. you know I think about our education systems I think about how we take care of old people and that's why I find it profoundly moving with this idea of artists in residence and old folks homes mm. or, or um, in hospitals or mm. in schools you know mm. creative engagement with people in institutions mm. um, because I think that it's not very different seeing you know students sometimes in school and I'm a teacher and I'm going to say it like that it's like as though we're doing the same thing to them that we do to old people you know you're segregating all the same age put them in and you know sometimes they're falling asleep at their desk mm. 
they're kind of comatose you know and mm. it's, it's the system is just a, about managing behavior because the system is like sellotape on your mouth yeah it's like <coughs> don't say it yeah. just 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 to keep doing it keep falling yeah. into place fall yeah. into place fall into place yeah. fall into place yeah and it's capitalism yeah it is that's, that's what it is yeah. and it's you know produce and consume produce and consume produce and consume and when yeah. you can no longer produce or consume we'll put you in a home and when you're not old enough to produce and consume we'll put you in a home or we'll if you can't sit in your desk we'll just medicate you yeah and do you know that antipsychotics now are the most they're prescribed for people with Alzheimer's and dementia and so on to manage their behaviour because people who have these um, they're like they're actually labelled as psychosis like people with dementia and Alzheimer's and the drugs that they give them are basically just to manage the behaviour and it's not about actually trying to it's just about managing because the system so we can handle them in our day yeah because we can't because we get on with our rituals yeah because we're working to feed the system you know um, and uh, and also then at the other end of the scale as well young people who don't feed the system children who don't feed the system they're they're actually being prescribed more antipsychotics now teenagers than people with mental illness. It's shocking. You know, the system needs to change. I think last week, last Friday, like I just told you when I came in here, you were like, Harry, and I said, I'm fine, and I have blue eyeliner on to hide my peeling eyelids because I spent the past week crying. And I, I, I kind of used to worry that I didn't cry enough, I'm not very sensitive or whatever. Honestly, this week, because of the whole climate change thing. And it's not just because of the, the grief that I was feeling around it, but also the hope. Mm. I mean, you know, to see these students go out and do what they're doing, like my heart was just cracked wide open. Mm. It's so beautiful because mm. I feel like this, I'm hoping that this is really the beginning of a system change. Mm. That they don't yeah. just get deadened by society like a lot of adults have. Or, or because if it continues as well now, how is the system gonna react? It's okay for them to go out once now. Yeah, but and, and also just to, to dream about it you know it's yeah. sometimes we create these large numbers and we have this lovely dream for a day and then we forget yeah yeah but we, we can't go back into forgetting because i think that what's happening at the moment and part of what i was feeling this week anyway was that really deep realization that um hopefully we're not beyond fucked but part of me was feeling like maybe we are and how do we face that how do we face uh, living in something that's dying and you know what do, what do we do because mm. I don't want to give up mm. do you know what I mean I don't want to tell my kids that it's we're fucked mm. do you know I don't want to see the last whale in my lifetime mm. you know so it's like okay how do we how do we go forward with this and um, I think we need to have courage we need to have well it's all about hope. changing the system and the system's so locked into itself that it's, it seems like an impossible feat to change it because and that's 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 part of the hopelessness isn't it it's mm, like oh yeah. my god I just when I start to even think about it like we can't even recycle in our house we live in the middle of Berlin because our landlord hasn't sorted out the recycling you know yeah and so we're us, so apathetic because yeah. we're like well what can I do about it and yeah. there's no point in me doing anything about it if you know the system is so colossal yeah. that it's never going to change or I can't change it so there's no point in me taking action mm. in these little ways but actually I believe there is point in yeah. each individual taking responsible action mm-hmm. for things yeah i think that's the only hope yeah if and there is any hope and and that that'll have a knock-on effect and and then then you kind of you know you, you are taking action in your own life and then you see well people who are living in developing countries are you know why why should they give about or why should they give a shit about recycling when their water is destroyed by companies like h&m or primark or whatever or the clothes that we're buying or nestle yeah. you know when they're just trying to survive and i know when i go into survival mode um, and certainly when we moved from Ireland to Berlin 
like recycling in my apartment was the last thing on my mind mm. do you know it was like schools for the kids jobs somewhere safe to live yeah you're um, caught up in, in yeah. what you need yeah. to get yeah. by yeah as opposed to how you can make the world better yeah or so our response a lot of the time is just survival yeah we're not thriving well the system wants to keep us like that yeah but back to and and back to art as medicine then i feel like when we're creating we're thriving and i feel like that's a really beautiful thing and we can't forget that and even in the darkest of places like people create mm-hmm. you know even in the concentration camps i have a postcard on my wall of a of a um a postcard of uh but it's basically the virgin mary holding baby jesus and she it had been drawn by an artist during his time in a concentration camp the darkest hour to he drew it on a piece of crappy paper mm. and folded it up and kept it in his pocket and then would just show it to people wow. you know um so i feel like yeah we can we can if we're still creating there's a part of us that's going to thrive it keeps the flame alive keeps the flame alive and we're going to need it yeah you know so i feel like at the moment as well with our little group of of people that we know that are creating it's like this like it is like a little it is a beacon in a way. yeah for me definitely yeah. uh and and doing it on my own isn't enough either mm. i know that and i need that i need that little group of creative people around yeah. me all the time so i can plug into it yeah. you know and, and, and communicate that doing stuff yeah like for me a lot it of spurs the time, you like on knowing that you're here creating songs can't wait to hear the next one spurs me on yeah to kind of go yeah this is worthwhile and knowing that you get up at 5 a.m to <laughs> to make a painting uh yeah before you go and teach in your school um just you know you start yeah. that's the way you work or mm-hmm. when you come home from work uh yeah. that spurs me on to not be lazy or yeah. you know to actually practice mm. you know because practice is, is a really huge part of it to actually sit down like a writer would at the yeah. typewriter that's that's yeah. the most important thing yeah. i think is is going okay Mm. I'll start and and not criticizing, not yeah. not allowing yourself to go. Oh, that's crap! Just yeah. just creating. Yeah, just creating, and then the, the little gems come out every now and again. Yeah, and like you said to me the other day about uh, like there's lots of people doing what we're doing. It's not like we're well. I didn't say it in a negative way. No, we, I we know. were we were talking yeah. about it like a. Uh, somebody we know is it might be apathetic because they're afraid of yeah. they're afraid of creating themselves or afraid of failing mm. so they won't do anything yeah. even though this person is super intelligent yeah. and really uh, amazingly yeah. creative uh, because there's this apathy of like well somebody else is doing it similar to me so why bother yeah. and if that was my case I would have stopped mm. you know when I was a kid because mm. there are so many people who sound like me and who yeah. I sound like in the world but that's not going to stop me because nobody has my experiences and every every connection we make is a, a mass of our own experience mm-hmm. and so when I filter that it's never going to be the same as somebody else who has a similar voice to mm-hmm. me it's going to be completely different because yeah. it's my own individual expression it's and, and I think yeah. if every person who sounds like me did their own individual expression and we all got together let's say there were 12 of us who sound very similar and we all got together and created something each one of those 12 somethings would be absolutely valid and actually would be a kind of a magic Mm -hmm. to create all the different the different ones exactly it's an energy yeah frequency yeah yeah i think it's fascinating and i think like it's the imprint of your essence or something isn't it oh i love that it's your own yeah thing and it's the same as me like at the moment the zeitgeist is definitely like vulva 
paintings and uh, yeah. work and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So much. And gee bags. Yeah, and gee bags. I mean, that was mad that that happened at the same time. Yeah. You know, for those of you that don't know, Nina had an idea about gee bags and I made gee bags. And then Nina's cousin at the same time. My niece. Or your niece at the same time had made gee bags. Totally yeah. unknown to anyone. Yeah, unrelated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and you know, there's similarities, but then there's like there's subtle differences as well. Like I said, uh, I mean, there's seven and a half billion of us at the moment, and we're all different, you know, on the planet. Mm. Or is there more? I don't know. I, I, I'm not very good at numbers. <laughs> but sometimes when, when we hear somebody creating or expressing something that we have felt, mm-hmm. it heals what we are wounded with yeah and so that's why uh it's relevant that even though our experiences or our sound or our work might be similar Mm -hmm. it's relevant that each each person uh finds a way to get into that flow to uh, create and that's why i think it's not necessarily about art Mm -hmm. it's about creativity yeah sharing community i think you're right connection Connection. fuck art (laughs) fuck art Porridge is the new art. Porridge is the new art. But um, yeah, I think you're right. I was gonna, I've lost my train of thought there now, but it was, it was coming on the back of what you're Sorry. saying. No, it's okay. About people relating as well to what you're doing. And it's really a vulnerable thing to put yourself out there. And even just there, like talking about the endometriosis, a part of me was going, oh. Yeah. But I feel like, why wouldn't I share that? Do you yeah, know? why be millions, ashamed, body shame. Millions yeah. of women suffer from endometriosis yeah you know and there's a certain amount of kind of you feel like you're failing or something like that when your body is not working mm. the way that it should you know or you're ashamed there's yeah a bit of shame yeah like a yoga teacher who's ashamed to have a cold or a hip problem or something yeah you know um and i feel like actually no there's really strength in sharing your weaknesses and what you're going through but it's not necessarily weakness either sometimes it's it's like a it's like a film of what you need to see. Yeah. It's a screen in front of you. Sometimes, sometimes your sickness is that. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, you know, I love when uh, Richie just says to me, D, it's just a mechanical thing. Sometimes I need to just hear that. Mm. Or I see you telling yourself to slow down. Yeah. Or like, for example, when, when I was going through that because it was chronic and like having chronic um, disease is something that doesn't go away. So it flares up and it goes down and it's, it's, it's part of your life. You feel like oh there's something I'm not doing you know and a lot of the kind of popular guilt spiritual stuff is all based on well you know change your thoughts change your mind and all this kind of thing and mm. you can change your diet yeah but again it's back to that thing of, and I know we've talked about this before for me healing is actually a much deeper thing than getting better I'm oh, really yeah, it's a learning that like, yeah. and Growler is helping me with that as well because she's so flawed you know yeah she's, so she's a chain smoker she's a chain smoker she loves mojitos you know, <laughs> she can't pronounce <laughs> them properly and um, and she curses like a trooper, you know. And she tells dirty jokes, and she's really like, but she, for me, she's like such a facility to be able to go. Yeah, but she's she's sound. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, she's and she's just, wise. And she's wise. And, and she's, she's telling the truth. And she's a heart of gold. Yeah, heart of gold. So it's really important that kindness thing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the kindness thing. So that's what I feel like with this. When I was talking about the enemy Joseph, there is like, you know, what I love people to feel when they're dealing with something chronic you know is that it's not their fault yeah do you know um there are things that they can do to start their process of healing but it doesn't necessarily mean that the thing is going to go away mm. anytime soon mm. um acceptance oh yeah i was just about to say that that's really important 
is acceptance because then when you start to accept you can start to love your body and not blame it mm. you're not battling with your own cells mm. you appreciate know? how incredible it is yeah like that's when I think about not my body necessarily but you know when you see a flower it's such mm. a cliche but you see a flower coming out of the mud or yeah. a pumpkin or yeah. a potato you're like I think well it can't it can't be so bad because what kind of magic is this? I know. Or you see a baby coming out of your body and you're just like, how the fuck did that happen? This is mad that a child grew inside me. It's mental. So therefore, I don't understand everything and nobody does. And it's completely beyond us. So we may as well just get on the ride and and make the most of it. The magic. Yeah. You know, and stop consuming. (laughs) Well, you know, that's I think that's or consume big, in a right way. Yeah, like, I think that's a it's big, about what we consume well, and where. It's a big part of it, isn't it? It's yeah, that, it's that questioning. Of well, that's like, the system. What do we want? You know, what do I want? We we don't really ever ask ourselves what we want. We're just constantly like yes, mesmerized. I'm always asking myself what I want. Well, maybe you are, and maybe you know people are. I don't want to be like generalizing, but you yeah. know, I feel like sometimes I'm mesmerized. Yeah. Um, oh, by, I love that word. You know, mesmerized. Mesmerized by shit, though. Yeah, mesmerized by shit. Yeah. Better. And I feel like we're kind of like. This is my next album. Comat- Thanks, Dee. Yeah, I'm off to write an album. Um, Comatose, though. You know, oh, I love your words right now. Love you, words. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so art is medicine. There you go. Yes, it is. And so is cooking. So is cooking. So is. Dressing yourself. And telling stories. Some people are just, you know, I could listen to them for hours. Like you, yeah. Being yeah. in the moment. Being in the moment. Yeah. Acceptance. Yeah. What is this? What are we doing? Yeah, exactly. I sometimes think when I'm sitting in class, you know, I just want to take them out and start planting seeds. And Why don't you? Flowers. That's part of your work. I kind of is, but it's, it's raining. You're just too lazy, aren't you? You're like you don't no, want to take them out to the garden. It's so it's so formal, and you know you can do. You, you, do you have to? Let's say you go in to teach, right? Do you have to apply or write to them in advance if you want to do that? Of course. Okay, yeah. And also has to be relevant to the curriculum, etc., etc. But I have right. to say, I'm. I'm Everything can be relevant, though. You can turn I around anything to make it can, relevant. But what I'm saying is that the, you know, it's a, it requires a whole system change. Of course, we have trips and we talk about things and we do. But I'm just talking about the everydayness of it. You know, I just feel more and more and more. You know, what is the relevance of their times tables when we're facing extinction? Mm. it feels so wrong mm. what we're doing you know mm. and they're not even aware and they're looking to us for leadership and some kids love learning their time styles and they want to be good and they want to be this but I feel like that time has passed mm. you know and I know I keep going on about the education system every other podcast or whatever but it's really not fit for purpose it really is for pups for, for pups <laughs> for purpose chihuahuas no <laughs> German shepherds German Shepherds. It's not fit for German Shepherds. No, it's not fit for purpose. Yeah, porpoises. Okay. <laughs> They're not learning anything. The porpoises are like off, down deep in the sea, and yeah. everyone's ignoring them. Yeah. They're underneath a large, thick leaf yeah. of a round, the old woman pink, the world fluidy her tapestry around them. But I do feel that though. I feel like oh my god, these are they're so precious. You know, I go into school sometimes and I'm just crying. I hear beautiful there. Yeah, yeah, you're mad. I totally mad. Yeah, but it's cool. But they are. They yes, are. They and are. I feel like we should all feel that way. Yeah. You know? Alive. Really yeah. feeling. Yeah. 
Um, but the art thing as well, that's another facility I think that we're born with and you see it with really, not just really young kids, but when you let them at it, you know? Yeah. They just want to draw. All kids want to sing and draw. Yeah. And dance. Yeah. And dance. And dance. And put their hands in the that. mud and, and yeah. put it all over the wall. Yeah. And I do that. I just turn on the music sometimes and have them dancing and loving it, you know? It's one of our favourite things to do at home. Do you dance? Regularly. Yeah. Like, very regularly. Put on the disco lights and <laughs> dance around the room. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Because they love it. Both, yeah, yeah. All kids, we all love it. Yeah. It's a part of the family mm. uh, but I I think uh, everybody should go out and create with conscious it, that's the difference right mm. creating a la- making a decision to create mm. so you can go and cook the dinner and it's not creative at all you can go and make a song for a record company in the way they want it to be and it's not creative at mm. all and it's not saying anything mm. so there are different kinds of expression and creativity mm. but it's the opening up to really allowing yourself to say what you need to say mm-hmm. so if it's in cooking you're putting something into that cooking yeah. you're thinking about where the where the ingredients come from it's yeah. you're thinking about who's going to eat it uh, textures it's mm. it's a it's a sensual experience yeah. and process and yeah. And I feel it's the same when when you write a song that really expresses something that you've either consciously or subconsciously been, uh, what's the word for like letting it build inside you for um, a long time? Percolate. Percolate. Uh, percolate's kind of the finishing process, yeah. isn't it? You're, you're letting it kind of go inside you and grow, grow and you're, you're trying yeah. to find the right way to say it. That's yeah. what happens to me with songs. I'm slower to write songs now than I used to be. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, because I'm. I'm You're finding your. It's not that I'm more critical of myself. Maybe I am, but I I still believe I believe in it more than Mm. I ever have. And I'm I'm more. I used to write music that I didn't really like. Mm -hmm. To be honest, Uh, like when I started, I didn't really like the songs. I can't really listen to my early stuff, and Mm. uh, but not that I go around listening to myself anyway. But (laughs) it's just this feeling of like now I feel more that I'm saying. The kind of thing that I want to hear. Yeah, yeah. And that's a. That's really. Do you know what you just hit on something there? Somebody famous said it. Um, like I feel like when I'm creating something, I'm creating something that I would like to see. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't matter if anybody else does or doesn't. Exactly. You're making it for yourself. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah, and that's the healing, isn't it? And when you're really tapped into that, that's source. I think that's like all that is. Whatever people want to call it, that's what it is. That's where it's coming from. Yeah. Because it's coming from your own imprint. And people relate to that then. Your people own filter and expression. Yeah. Yeah. And people, people feel the authenticity, I think. Yeah, that. yeah, you they know? do. And maybe, like you were saying there about creativity, I think like people who don't feel like they're creative, I feel like the system has done that to them. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the system stamps out yeah. any kind of expression because yeah. uh, it doesn't really help if you no. don't want to sit in your seat in the classroom or, no. you know. Or learn your time tables. Yeah. Yeah. doesn't help the system or if you're taught from very early on the hierarchy of subjects you know yeah or parents like might fall into the trap of well if my child is too creative they're never going to be able to survive yeah. because they're afraid that the system won't accommodate yeah. that which it hasn't in, no. in many ways no, so it hasn't. it's a protective layer yeah. of don't be too creative yeah. or you'll find it really hard to get yourself set up you know yeah exactly because it's survival 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 and we're all so close to not surviving do you know I don't know if we are, but we're we're close to the fear of of not having a roof over our heads. Yeah, you know. But I, 
I'm just like an eternal optimist or something. I, be- I believe in people. I, I believe in people. And I believe in the kindness of people. So do I, but do you, not, do I, do you feel... I do feel like... Well, I don't want to be... Obviously, I don't want to be honest, but I do feel that I'm constantly like... I have to, I have to keep up. As in, just to... For the sake of my kids, do you know what I mean? Like I, I would love to just the responsibility all day and making art and painting, you know. But I would never. But before you had kids, you were like that too. I was. I've always been working. Yeah. And maybe it's also a class thing. We talked about that yeah, before. We, just, we won't yeah. talk about it again. Yeah. But I think um, we can. Yeah. Well, we can I keep just, talking about stuff. It's <laughs> again and again and again. I just think it's the sur- it, yeah the survival thing, and I feel like that we forget how good people are. You know, we're we're fed this this other thing all the time so yeah. and I think you're right and I think you have that more than most people and I see that showing up in your life a lot mm. like I think you have a lot of good luck mm. and I think that people yeah, if we have good experiences or a bad experience with, with one person you yeah. know if someone manipulates us and is mean and they're clearly we're not acting in good yeah. in good intention uh, we get really hurt mm. and then we get we start to think that that's what people are like yeah and actually people aren't like that some no. people do that at yeah. some phases in their life yeah they're not always like that yeah some people are like that for their whole life mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that everybody or most people is like that yeah. and I think we can fall into this victim trap of yeah. when one person is mean to us well then we're a victim and everybody's going to be mean mm-hmm. and I think that's dangerous and it's probably really complicated it's probably really got to do with like our childhood experiences and I our think formative it does, experiences yeah. and yeah. how we relate then and how and our then how our grandmother was treated when she yes. was a kid also because we were in her womb we talked about that before yeah you know we hold on to the cellular memory the yeah. whole epigenetics thing absolutely yeah do, you know and, and not only the epigenetics but the stories we were told as a kid by yeah. our mother who was told kids by yeah. her mother and and also our, our father's behavior yeah you know our, our mother's behavior that's it but uh, recently, Growler has been thinking about like it's for some reason it's like it's not my mother's fault. This phrase keeps coming. I into love her that, head, and that's her next piece is going to be about that. You, do you remember it's that woman who spoke fault. in? Um, we need to talk about Ireland. Um, oh yeah, and well, she had this incredible piece going. Yeah. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Yes. And she got the audience to say to say. All of the things in Ireland that happened over yeah. the last fifty years that people felt guilty about, yeah. and she'd get them to chant this phrase, it's not your fault, and then she'd go, "It's not my fault. Yeah. It's not my fault." She yeah. go, "It was so good. Powerful. Really it was funny, powerful. and and it was also people were crying. So yeah. it had that mix. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I love that Growler's doing. It's not your mother's fault. Yeah, it's yeah. not your mother's fault because it's it isn't. And yeah, you know we need to not blame even in the darkest era." Like where we are right now as a humanity, we can't. I I feel I've such love for humans. Yeah, so do you I. You know, and I know a lot of people feel depending on the day, actually. Yeah, I suppose it can be hard sometimes in Berlin on a grey winter's day when like anywhere no it can be hard anywhere. It can be hard anywhere, but I find it particularly hard here sometimes the grumpiness, you know. But then I, you have to love the grumpiness out of them as well, you know. Because it's it's honest too. It is honest too, and also they're hurt, you know. Yeah. And there's a lot of pain here, but I feel um that yeah it's not it's not our fault i have such a love for human beings despite what's going on mm. because i feel like we're ancient mm. i feel like we're so old you know and if we way, were so new would you not have a love for <laughs> i don't have any love for new babies they wreck my head no matter they're too new you know so Doctors. you're not ancient enough yeah don't like you but i do have the sense of like the ancientness of us so we're as old as the earth because we were born of the earth mm. we we were Percolating, we haven't figured out the right word, but we were in 
incubation incubation that's why we came you know uh, after all this we were that's what i feel like it's like so therefore then we're deeply connected to that for me it's beyond mm. humans it's Star just people no it's beyond names of 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 beings it's it's a it's more about uh the feeling of love yeah. it can be for anything it can be for a table yeah. or uh okay let's go into this for a few minutes okay well i think weirdness i think we have to go it's a quarter to 11 you have to go teach i have to go teach but i can it only takes 38 minutes teach preach de- teach preach teach it by the way i'm doing a really good job no <laughs> <laughs> no but what were you going to say like i i feel is i feel for me it's about the essence of the feeling mm-hmm. is the importance it doesn't matter if i'm feeling it for humans who are ancient or new mm-hmm or for tables or it's about the openness of the feeling and the emotion because the emotion has a frequency and it's about allowing that frequency to, to mm-hmm. permeate permeate the permeate, feeling percolate and incubate permeate. Wow, they're all eight. Oh, eight's the magic number of today four plus four we, we started on four yeah. didn't we and we multiplied we did we started didn't on four didn't we there was yeah. a four <gasps> podcast number four. Oh. We have to go as far as eight and then we're going to die. <laughs> but now go on, say it. I love that. I said it already. You okay. said you had something to say. Uh, does, you know, there's a shaman called Cloud Pinsole, I think his name is, who believes that everything's alive. Um, and of course it does. It's science. It's no, like but he's everything's like, frequency. He's like, he actually, his, his job for a lot of time was to go in and kind of negotiate big arguments between CEOs. And he would talk to the computer in the room. He would yeah, and actually, yeah, it gave me great respect actually for the stuff in my life. Yeah, you know, constantly going my fucking phone. I was like, oh, my phone, you're great. Yeah, Keep going. you're great. You and, came from slaves. Yeah, oh, stuff. I know, but but you know, um, I do think actually that if we if we regard the stuff in our lives like that, you know, our clothes. Yeah, I like think it's really important. Maria on Netflix. Yeah. Um, Marie, I'm very tidy up foster. Yeah. But I love the idea of having respect for the stuff in our lives. I think everything you know? has energy. Yeah. I think everything has frequency. And my young fella, my little fella at the moment is listening to this podcast called Everything is Alive. And oh, it's nice. so profoundly beautiful. It's basically the interviewer is interviewing objects. So he interviews like a street lamp, uh, a pillow, That's beautiful. Um, a towel. And it's really beautiful because it's so human. It's so and do you know, do they answer back? Yeah, you can hear them. Like uh, the street lamp is that famous Irish comedian Maeve. What's her name? Oh, and so there's a voice for the street. Lamp. Yeah, the street okay. lamp is there. Okay, and it's like yeah. Well, I, I don't really like that. I can't turn on myself. You know, I'd really like to turn it on myself, but I have to wait till it gets dark enough. And I know the feeling. They turn me on. Yeah, but then she's talking about all this, and it's really profound. Yeah. And like some of the episodes, I'm crying. Like one of them was like a, a can of uh, cola, like a non-brand can of cola. Mm. And how he's just been sitting around for ages because nobody drank him because he's not Coke or Pepsi. And it's really actually brilliant. And I I've, have to listen to this. What's yeah, it called? It's called Everything is Alive. Can we finish on this? On Everything yeah. is Alive. Everything is Alive. Love, love. Silver titles. Turtles.